This is episode number 19 and today I'm talking about my 10 principles of mindset. Welcome along to the DressageRiderTraining.com podcast. I'm Nicholas Smith and in each episode I'll bring you an educational or inspiring message to help you unlock your true potential as a dressage athlete. Are you ready? Let's get into it. I believe the better we are as a person, the better an athlete we can become. Having horses in our life really is a privilege and the more balanced we are emotionally, the more healthy we are mentally and the more we take care of our own health physically, the better we can be as a rider for our horse. So when it comes to sharing with you what I can, my goal is to help you simply chase excellence. You see, perfection is impossible. However, if we strive for this, we can reach excellence. I want you to grab a hold of what is possible because the honest truth is, outcomes of our life is completely within our control. When we take absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train and think, we not only optimise our health and happiness, but we also optimise our riding. Everything's connected. Who you are off the horse is who you are when you're on the horse. What you do out of the saddle is directly affected in the saddle. The better we are as a personal athlete off the horse, the better we will be as an athlete on the horse. So there are factors we put into play that can have control over, that can move the needle in terms of our health, our wellness and our riding. They are your nutrition, your training or your movement, how you eat, how you sleep and how you think. Or to put it more accurately, our DRT system. When we strive for coalescence, moving as one with our horse, we work on our stamina, supplement our stability and our mindset. Each of these factors drastically has an impact on our overall health. Many will just focus on your exercise or just on your nutrition. And if you're lucky, both of these, they are a really great start. However, if you're not doing these other things or doing just one to the extreme, you could be digging yourself into an even deeper hole because you're now chasing the wrong needle and you're doing it not specifically targeted towards your goals and overdoing one area while neglecting the others. The truth is, doing one of these things really is a great start and big ups to you if you are. Well done because this is more than many. However, you can't just move one lever if you really want to excel because everything is interconnected. Everything is connected. Today I want to share with you more about mindset and how this comes to play with excelling in your writing and what you can to improve yours to help you become a better person, therefore a better athlete and better partner for your horse. So we're going to break it down and look at 10 principles of mindset. Prioritize first things first, develop a growth mindset, focus on only what you can control, grind through obstacles, own your attention, question your self-limiting beliefs, never whine, complain or make excuses, practice open-mindedness, transform every have to into a get to and chase excellence. So 
So the first one, prioritise first things first. This is essentially based on one of the first books I was suggested to read as a budding personal trainer starting my business back in the day. It's based around Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The first habit of that is to put forth the first things first. It's important that he actually, it's so important that he actually pulled out a chapter of this, of this first book and wrote a whole nother book called First Things First. What this means essentially is that you can work really, really hard and you can be busting your tail but not moving forward. So the analogy is we're climbing the ladders of our career, chasing our writing goals, but those ladders can be leaning against the wrong walls. And we really have to kind of step back and look at why and work out what's happening. The other thing that goes into play here is the Eisenhower matrix, which is urgent versus important things. And it's so easy to get caught up in all these urgent things, which are having to pick the kids up from school, answer those emails, pay the bills, do the groceries, make those phone calls, all urgent things. And we can have hugely busy days, but we can move nowhere. We get stuck on the treadmill of busyness. Yes, some and most of these things absolutely need to get done. But if you don't step back and actually look at these things and what's truly important in your life and actually ask yourself those questions, you end up just spinning your wheels each and every day. Sometimes it's about simply reordering your day and doing the most important things first that move the needle the most for you personally. To do this though, you need to step back, take a moment and ask yourself, what am I trying to create with my life? What are my writing goals? What are my financial goals? Where am I wanting to be in a year's time? Ask yourself those big questions. When you do this, it leads you to be able to put first things first that are going to move the needle in the right direction first. It can be hard to take a step back and ask yourself these massive questions, but if you don't, you just end up having days and years on the treadmill spinning over and over, never feeling like you move anywhere and start to get in a state of wondering what this is all about. So you need to take a moment and ask yourself, what is it that you're trying to create with your life? And it doesn't mean that you have to have this perfect answer, but when we have a direction, we can start to get some fulfillment in our life. And then ask yourself, what truly is important and what values do you have in place or do you want to put in place? These will then help guide a lot of your decisions and actions that you make every single day instead of just the next fire, the next fire and the next fire. You can actually step back and look at this, where you're heading in totality and know what you're trying to achieve. So then the key is to make sure that your actions actually line up with this. So if we put this into actual, one of my priorities is my health. And I will prioritize this over other priorities in my life. And it's not that the other things aren't hugely important to me, but it is without my health, I can't do the other things well. So there's that whole needle thing, making sure that when that's in place, I can do the other things all much better. So when it comes down to making a decision, it's already made for me because my health comes first. I don't get to make a decision because there is no decision. So I don't get decision fatigue because I know my priorities. I'm still a business owner, personal trainer, friend, writer, wife, and I still have hundreds of emails every day and requests of me all the time. 
but the decision is always made for me after my health decision first. All of the other things are still important to me and all these things still happen. Emails all get answered, but it's all in the order of priorities first. Tim Ferriss talks a lot about this, is figuring out what are the decisions that you can make that eliminate thousands of other decisions. We can get decision fatigue and end up completely empty due to our inability to prioritise, so we can just run through our day putting out fires and doing errands. However, if you're clear about your priorities, you can limit half the decisions you need to make because the decision is already made. So the next one, develop a growth mindset. Everything you can do today, you've learned how to do as a human being. You've learned how to walk, talk, read, ride a bike and how to ride. You learned everything. Yet we have this inherent thing in our society that as we get older, we stop learning. That you're either born with a certain amount of talent or you weren't. Nicola, you're going to be an artist. Ben, you're going to be an athlete. Sally, you're going to be created. Fred, you'll struggle with school. We're all told these things from the earliest ages. This is who you are. You're fixed with it. Do the best you can with the cards you've been dealt. So the saying goes. We can get caught up in this fixed mindset and think we're good at certain facets of our life and poor at others. I always thought I was a poor reader at school. But the truth is, I never actually read much growing up. So this was the story I told myself. And the more I told myself the story, the more I thought it was true. But the actual truth was, I simply didn't like it. And I didn't do much of it. I only did what was required for school to pass. It wasn't until I got older and I've read many more books, I've become a much better reader. If I'd actually read more as a kid, I probably would have been a much better reader and writer. Here's the secret. It takes practice. What separates professional writers from amateurs? It's the hours in the saddle. It's the 10 plus horses per day. It's the lifelong dedication. Yes, some people have a unique gift in certain areas, but if you realise that it's more about the practice, those 10,000 hours or thereabouts, than it is about talent, You can be a lifelong learner and you can move the needle in all of these different areas and make changes in your life where you wish. You absolutely can. If you want to be a business person, you can. If you want to be a professional writer, you can. If you want to be an artist, a sculptor, you can. If you want to be a musician, you can do all of those things. It's not what you're born with. It's not about being, it's about becoming that person and putting in the hours of dedication and time that it takes, growing into that person and developing those skills. There's a great book called The Talent Code that goes into this in huge depth. I highly recommend this if this is striking a chord with you. So don't stop learning because you're now an adult. Become a student of life and continue to learn. And if you want to master a skill and become a better writer, Practice, put in those hours and do it because you want to. Number three, focus only on what you can control. You can't control the weather, I get it, and it can be really annoying when the weather isn't doing what you hoped it would be doing. But it's important to remind yourself this is out of your control, so let go of any focus or emotion around it. If you let go of all the things you can't control, you're left with just a few things you can. And those few things are the process, the process for you to create exactly what you want in your life. What you can control can be broken down into a couple of things. You can control your efforts, 
and you can control your responses to other people. That's the two things you can control, what you pay attention to, the effort you put into things and how you respond to outside events. You can't control if you become injured, but unfortunately this can happen. But you can control your response to it. You can't control the score the judges give you, but you can control your efforts and your responses to it. When you focus on what you can control, you get more focused on those things and less on the other things, and you can start to take control of the results around. A lot of people have a lot of drama around them and conflict in their lives, and they're stressed out to the max. And if you take a look at it, it's usually because they're focused on all of these things they simply can't control. That's what creates drama. When it comes to personal relationships and maybe situations you find yourself in, try and focus on your responses, not the drama. Actions speak louder than words. The next one of these points is grind through obstacles. The idea behind this is that grit is passion and perseverance over a period of long time. First, you've got to find something that you want to achieve and start doing. For most of you, it's riding in the pursuit of dressage. And if you look at every single opportunity that can further your development and further your growth. It's also easy to look at a little bump in the road and think that something is going to derail you and throw you off the road. The truth is, it's not the person that has brought the Grand Prix schoolmaster that has the greatest skill set. It's the one that's trained it, gone through the obstacles and overcome them. If you go up the smooth side of the mountain, you don't have the skills when you get there. But if you go up the rocky side, you absolutely do. The best thing you can do is learn how to work hard, grind to overcome obstacles. We want obstacles. They're the things that develop you. So expect adversity and the person you develop into and how you overcome it is where the magic simply happens. It's never an easy road and it's always full of emotional roller coasters. And that doesn't matter whether you're focusing on building a business, building a career, your writing goals, personal goals. Everything is about learning to overcome uh, obstacles and learning to grow through them. The goal is to not avoid adversity, hardship or obstacles. To know that they're coming and have the ability to respond to those things appropriately and learn from them. The obstacle is the way. Next one. Own your attention is what you pay attention to. There are so many distractions out there from new cell phones to emails to the media to everything. Everyone is vying for your attention. It's the reason Google wants to make cars. Google has no interest in selling cars. They have an interest in owning your attention. They want your commute. They want your ears. They want to be able to talk to you and have your attention while you're commuting to work. That's how important your attention is, that they're willing to invest in self-driving cars to own your attention. Shouldn't we be willing to invest in our own attention? So the easy thing here is to make everything you do intentionally. There are two major words that I've really focused on this year. It's intention and perspective. Being intentional with your actions, being intentional with your thoughts, and being intentional with your time. 
are you sitting down on the couch and turning on the TV because you really need a break or because you've been working really hard for 80 hours this week? Don't get me wrong, having a break and turning the TV on is absolutely okay. However, you're doing this every single night from 6 to 9 o'clock at night, you might want to ask yourself if there's a better use of your time. One of these things can be a habit and one can be intentional. It's okay to chill out, to rev yourself up, to take a break. The same thing with food. If you're eating because it's a certain time and not because you're hungry, that's not intentional. That's a habit and it can lead you down a rocky road. If you bring your intention, you own your attention. This is from a learning perspective, from a growth perspective, from what you do every single time you walk through the door. Owning your attention is going to move the needle in your life. Fulfillment is created when we spend more times in our life living intentionally. Question your self-limiting beliefs. We're human beings, so we by default we reserve put reserves on ourselves because that's all about being safe. If you remove the storylines, though, growth opportunities are everywhere. So start by stopping to look at the things you can't do. There are little things you can do. This is simply a metaphor for everything that we're doing. Eliminate can't from your vocabulary. Instead, focus on the things you can do. You see, using the word can't is a choice. And if you were to change it to won't, you'll realise that you've been using it as an excuse. I can't ride today, it's raining. I won't ride today, it's raining. I can't go to the gym today, I'm too tired. I won't go to the gym today, I'm too tired. I can't eat real food. No, you won't eat real food. I can't run 10k. No, you're choosing not to run. I promise you there are people without legs who can run 10k. If you wanted to, you could. Say you won't. Don't say you can't. And stop using can't as an excuse. Never whine, never complain. When you're whining, you're complaining, you're just copping out. You're selling yourself short. You're looking at the negative of everything. You're staring at the obstacle. In fact, you're so close up to it, you're so focused on it, you can't even see the seven, eight, two dozen different paths around the obstacle. If you instead look, take a step back and don't complain, but see this as an opportunity, the obstacle just disappears and becomes part of the process. It's a normal thing. Never whine, never complain, never make excuses. You see, when people are positive, they can envisage themselves having a good experience. They're faster, they're more productive, they're more accurate, they're better to be around. So this is whether you're a vinylist, an ER surgeon, or a dressage athlete. If you envision yourself excelling, you're going to be better. Like literally, when you practice, you will be better. The opposite of that is, if you're not doing that, and if you're complaining, if you're looking at the negatives and you're making excuses, if you're whining about things, well, it's really simple. Whine and complain and make excuses. You're not as good as you could be. is a really dangerous thing. The more you whine, make excuses, the more you see of this. This is called a frequency illusion. What you give attention to grows. You ever been on the market for a car? 
and then all you see on the road is the car you want to buy. We were looking at Suzuki Swifts and then all we would see on the road is silver Suzuki Swifts everywhere. This is frequency illusion again. If you start to complain about one thing, you will now see more and more things to complain about. It's just the way it works. And the really, really crazy thing is, not only do you see more of it, everyone around you sees more of it because whiny complaints are a contagious disease. You go, hey Dot, how's your day going? And they say, it's freezing and the delivery man didn't do this, blah, blah, blah. What happens to your mood? You instantly drop and you almost like second nature want to feed that negativity with your response. However, instead, it's not about wearing rose-tinted glasses and being fake. But what your answer could be is that I'm grinding today, I'm working really hard and I'm getting things done. I've got my head down, I'm being productive. I've got stuff in front of me, but I'm working hard on this. Life is not sunshine and rainbows and I'm not saying that it is. This is not about unicorns running in the backyard. But it is about realising that negativity is contagious. It's instead about reframing it and being really aware of it. Instead, what you're wanting to do is look at opportunities, not the obstacles. And what's cool about a positive frame of mind is it's contagious too. Now, it really is simple. Simply don't complain and stick with a positive frame of mind always. Next one is about practicing open-mindedness. Being a student for life and continuing to grow is a crucial part of mindset. But what if we go beyond that? Don't judge. Be open-minded about everything. We take a step back and realise that this person may actually have something to offer when you're having a conversation. Someone may be talking to you about a new way of training, new management software, new leadership tactic, new something or other. Instead of being really quick to judge because it doesn't quite fit with your frame of reference or how you view the world, just listen. Absorb and see if there's something that you could take away from this in some way, form, fashion or maybe simply not. When we're too quick to judge, we can close ourselves off to listening to what actually may be useful. We don't need to be so quick to judge people, thoughts, ideas or anything in between. Instead, just put the brakes on and listen. Sometimes, both ways can be correct. There are many paths and roads that can lead to a destination. Each is equally valid as the next. However, one may sit better with your philosophy and it doesn't mean that the other one is not not to be heard or invalid. It's like an art, those artist renderings of the old lady and the young girl. One person can see the older lady, the next person can see the young girl. We all just see things differently. The key is to realise that people have different perspectives, different backgrounds, different viewpoints, and so many different things. You don't need to hammer yours over their heads, and similarly, that if they're talking to you, don't discount them immediately. See if you can see it from every situation, every conversation, every interaction. See if there's something that you can learn that can help you grow as a person, even if it's simply your response. Transform every have to into gratitude. You don't have to pick the kids up. You don't have to cook dinner. You don't have to go for a ride. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to muck out. You don't have to go to those gym. All these things are things you get to do. If you just shift that one little thing, all of a sudden life kind of flips itself a little bit. 
doesn't flip, maybe it just shifts a few degrees towards the better. You start to realise that these things you feel like you've been obligated to do are actually really incredible privileges. It's a contagious thing again. It's a frequency illusion also. The more things become positive, another obstacle comes up. It's about changing your perspective. Not saying, I don't have to do that, but instead saying, I get to do that and work through this thing. This is helping me grow. This is part of the path to change. Chase excellence. I believe that one of the fundamental components of being a human being is trying to be better and to improve. It's called evolution, or call it whatever you want. But we're supposed to evolve and become better. That's not generation to generation. It's within our lifetime. We're constantly learning, growing and evolving. I hope in 10 years' time I'm a better person, better writer, a lot more knowledgeable and have continued to grow from where I am today. That's only going to happen if I continue to chase excellence and keep learning and growing. So there you have it. The 10 principles that I put into mindset. And mindset can mean different things to different people. And maybe in a few years, my 10 principles will be different. Today though, what this means is fanatical attention to detail while putting first things first. If you go to a restaurant, you see excellence because there's fanatical attention to the smallest details. They're not letting the major things go away. The tablecloth is set perfectly. The hostess has a perfect greeting. The menus are amazing. The lighting, the music is perfect. All those little tiny details. But the big thing is the food is right. The first thing is first, the food. That's the main thing. And of all the other things in place, but the food wasn't great, it can be taken care of and it doesn't matter as much. But you do need to make sure that you have all those little details in place. If you go to a top stable, you can imagine it's the attention to detail, the finer details that you can appreciate. When you watch a professional writer, it's the attention to detail. Successful people pay attention to details while putting first things first. So no matter what your goals are, whether you're chasing your writer goals or personal goals, apply these finer details to your journey and see the huge difference that it can make to moving the needles in the direction that you want to head. That's it for this episode. If you found it helpful, make sure you download my free guide at dressagewritertraining.com. It will help you get started on your journey to becoming the best writer you can be. If you know others who might like the show, please do share this with them. My goal is to help others enjoy their riding even more by taking care of themselves as much as they do their horses. And finally, if you have time to give this podcast review, it would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.